Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wisdom of Friends podcast. Thank Thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. This is a podcast where you get to learn more about your friends and community, their wisdom, their trials and tribulations, timeless insights and their secrets. Now, let's get into the show. Please welcome your host, Cal Aras. Hello, uh, folks. Uh, Welcome to another episode of uh, Wisdom of Friends. I'm your host, Cal Aras, and I'm really excited to be introducing you to a dear friend of mine. Her name is Tamara Ross. Tamara is the president and founder of the company My Life, My Design. She has an expertise in metaphysical, esoteric, and ontological teachings. Tamara is also masterful at facilitating people to create and receive any result they desire be it financial wealth, a successful career, and a relationship of their dreams. She has mastered her craft as a facilitator and coach to have people move beyond what they think is possible and to create the life of their dreams. By utilizing her own methodology, Tamara has created the life of her dreams. She is the sole breadwinner for her family, earns a solid six-figure income, is consistently traveling, with her husband and 20-month-old daughter, all the while working less than 20 hours a week. Tamara believes that everyone has the capacity to create magic and live in abundance, so long as they're willing to choose it. Friends, in this episode, we really talk about the five elements of creating anything, and also the impact of energy that plays in our day-to-day lives. This is really a fascinating conversation. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. So please pull up a chair and listen in. And without further ado, please help me welcome the one and only Tamara Ross. So good evening, uh, Tamara. Welcome to another season of uh, Wisdom of Friendship. I'm really excited that you took some time to be on this call And uh, let me start off with my first impressions of you. And this was almost uh, 10 to 12 years ago when we met in San Diego. We were part of the leadership body that was doing transformational work in the community. And it's been such a fascinating uh, journey uh, and your evolution from being a leader and a speaker and uh, self-expression and leadership coach and all the way to uh, being a life coach now, having your own independent business that you're doing so well. And I'm really excited that uh, you took some time to be on this call. So welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. And uh, one of the ways that we kick off our show, Tamara, is uh, by asking our guests a very simple question. And that is, what's your favorite quote or philosophy that you live by? And how have you applied it to your life? Mm, Let me see. To sum it up, I would say... um Wow. I think it would be just creating your life your way, like having your life show up on your terms, not like no holds barred, anything you want. And so a question that I always ask all of my clients, anybody I'm working with, anybody I start to create with is if you had it all your way, what would your life look like? So my stand is that anybody really can have anything that they desire. And it's really just getting clear what that is. And a lot of times we don't even ask that question. And sometimes people don't even know what I mean when I say, hey, if you had it all your way, what would your life look like? I remember asking somebody that one time and she said, I don't even know what you mean. You know, I was like, wow, you don't know what I mean. That's crazy. So how often do we just not even look at that? So really having people and myself and have everybody lit up by their life. So creating anything you desire. I like that. And this is something that... uh that really caught my attention that uh, you are somebody who so powerfully have designed your own life. Uh, You've been married now for how many years now? It's been a couple of years or three years or so? Well, I think it's only been three in reality, but it may feel like 20. (laughs) (laughs) For those people who get married, they know what I mean. You're like, wow, is it only been three? Holy mackerel. No, that's great. And then you have a yeah. lovely uh, young daughter and, uh, you know, you guys uh, are, you know, you have a, such a wonderful life that you have designed for yourself that you work 20 hours a week and you're the sole uh, bread earner of the family and uh, really uh, making good uh, 
uh, drawing in good income for your family and like really traveling, taking trips all around the uh, globe and stuff like that. And it's such an amazing uh, example of living a designed life. And mm-hmm. and so my question to you, Tamara, is how did this journey unfold for you? Did you always know that, uh, you know, this coaching was your passion, your calling, or how did that come about for you? Yeah, well, it's really interesting because um, people can look at my life now and they'd be like, oh, man, she's really got it together. And then there was a time where I didn't have it together, <laughs> which was so funny. So um, if, t- if I go back to about 2009 and I was I was doing that soul searching and it was when I was in the, the leadership program and um, somebody had asked me a question. I wasn't I wasn't getting facilitated and coached at the moment, but they asked me a question. He said, you know, why are you so driven? And I was like, well, isn't everybody? And at the time I owned three properties. I was like the number one salesperson. I took, I was, I was managing and selling in, in California and Nevada. Like those were my territories. I worked from home. I made my own schedule, you know, like I still had a six figure income. It was like, like I had the company car and the company computer, like my company took care of me. And when that question was asked, it was kind of like, I didn't have, I didn't have any answer at that moment. There was nothing like big that happened. But if you look like maybe, I think it was maybe a month later, I was in the happiest place on earth. I was at Disney world in Orlando. I had my half sister at the time with me and she, I think she was about like 13. And then I had my best friend's daughter with me. I think she was about 16 and uh, maybe, maybe she was 17, 16 or 17. I had them both with me at Disney and, and um, I'm sitting in the, the safari, like watching the safari in the Lion King. So it was like animated and the real pictures of the African safari. And as I was sitting there, I started to cry and I didn't stop until the end of the day. And I had basically my nervous breakdown with, you know, these two young girls with me while I was sitting at Disney World crying. And I was like, what am I crying about? And I couldn't describe it, but the emotion and the feelings that I was getting is like, I should be there or I should like have people experience that or I should be doing something else with my life. And I got on the phone with my best friend. I talked to her until my phone went dead. Like, you know, so basically no, no more battery left in the phone. And I just kept saying, you know, like people always say, if I had the time or the money, I would do X, like fill in the blank. And at that moment I had the money in the bank account, right? Like I was really successful and I had these properties. And then I had the time because I was like, well, I'm not married. I don't have kids. If I was going to do anything with my life, it would be right now. And so that was like the pivotal moment where I said, okay, you know, it, it kind of took me from being on autopilot, you know, going to my nine to five, doing my gig, even though it wasn't a nine to five, right? I, and it wasn't like I was unhappy with my bosses or my company. I loved my company, but I could just see that there was something more. So um, I went home. I told my dad, I said, um, I think I'm going to quit my job. He didn't understand. He like kind of freaked out a little bit. And he was like, is the money not good? Are you not happy? And I'm like, no, 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 all that's great. And he's like, and he just didn't get it. So when your soul is like being called to go bigger and play bigger, uh, and people who maybe aren't living in that same scenario, they won't really understand and hear the same thing, right? And I think the older generation is just like kind of can get stuck in that nine to five and the security of what does it mean to have a good job and a company who values you, right? And, and our parents used to retire from their jobs. Like there's like that mentality, right? So I quit my job six months later. I put a plan in place because that's kind of how I roll. So I had a plan. I quit my job six months later and then I started traveling and I traveled for about two, three years. Um, and then I started reading The Soul of Money. Somebody somebody had told me about this book, The Soul of Money and Lynn Twist. And I started reading it while I was traveling. And then there was like this next Ur, like urge of my soul, like, what are you doing? What are your gifts? What are your passions? Are you on purpose? Like what else is bigger and what else is out there? And, um, and so it was really funny. So after all of like, I had gone to like, I lived in Costa Rica for two months. I went to Nicaragua. I did, um, a philanthropic project for Ghana. So I was in Africa for like, I did a five week trip there. I went to Tali or Tali, <laughs> Bali in Thailand. So I did that trek, right? And so I was I was finishing up all that traveling and I was on my way back. I was staying at a friend's um, condo on the beach in Maui. Like he was like, well, nobody's there. You can just, you know, stay in my condo. 
And I remember um, not sleeping. So I'm in Hawaii, beautiful place. I just spent like the last however many weeks, probably like four weeks with like beautiful beaches everywhere over and over and over again. And I couldn't sleep at night because I was being pulled to like, what is my purpose? What am I here to do? What's this bigger thing? What's the thing that's pulling me that I don't know what it is. And my husband, who wasn't my husband at the time, but he was the only coach I had ever had, right? So he had coached me in this leadership program. And since he was the only coach I'd ever had, I knew this is what I knew. There was something bigger for me. And I didn't know what I what it was. There was something more I was supposed to do. And I didn't know what it was. But I did know if you don't know what it is, you should probably get somebody to coach you. And so that was the only like insight I had. So I called him up from Hawaii. I said, like, I can't sleep at night. I'm I'm being called to something. I don't know what it is. And I just I, I need a coach. I'd love it if you would coach me. And he said, well, that's a great problem to have. Of course, I'll coach you. So we we're just friends at the time. And, and we started that journey. So so that was when that was when I started noticing, like, where is the pull? What are people asking for? And then that's kind of how I started my businesses. I was, you know, my biggest my biggest problem at that time was I couldn't sleep because I had this pull for something else. And all the waves on the beach were keeping me awake. I mean, of all the things, right, to be like bothered by the waves crashing on the shore were just too loud for me at night. Right. So. No, that's so great. Wow. And this, uh, and as you can tell, this probably brings up a lot of questions here and I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. So, so sure. what, so it seems like, and just to kind of like paraphrase what you just shared is, sure. uh, 2009 or 2000, uh, that's when like, you know, your soul yeah. searching and inquiry began. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you were doing really well with your day job and, you know, you were, you were designing your own uh, work hours and you were doing successfully with your sales, uh, uh, profession in California and uh, Nevada, and then uh, you know this inquiry and soul searching began. And while you were in Florida, that's where you're originally from. You're watching this uh, uh, safari, the African safari, and tears started rolling down your cheeks, and you realize that there's something else that is in store for me. And and then that's when you really uh, began to uh, kind of like take the initiative. It seems like the pivotal moment for you. And then uh, you talked to your dad, decided that you're going to do something else, and. And that's really interesting because, you know, when things are going well and you decide to make a change, people, the closest people in our families, they're the ones who kind of like have the first uh, objection because they're, they're concerned about us. And that's exactly seems to have what happened there. And then uh, you did some traveling and uh, went to Costa Rica and Bali and uh, Ghana. And then uh, while you were sitting on the beaches of Maui and you called up your coach, Brian. Yep. And then at that point, you really uh, looked at, okay, there's something that's bigger in store for me. And that's how you decided to start your own business and here, uh, here where we are right now. Is that, yeah. is that an accurate uh, description of how, we, uh, how the journey unfolded? Yeah, that's absolutely it. And here's something interesting that I always talk, you know, I talk to people about this thing about disrupting reality, right? Because reality is kind of the status quo. And anything that goes against status quo you're going to get questions or judgments, like it just kind of happens. And I get it a lot, you know, with what I've created in my life. But I didn't, I didn't realize that at that moment, I was disrupting a reality for my parents, both of my parents individually. Now, they weren't married. But for, I think it was probably three years, every time I talked to my dad or my mom, they would say, when are you going to go get a job? Like, yeah, 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 you're traveling, but when are you going to go get a job? Yeah, 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 you're doing what you're doing. Like, when are you going to go get a job? And it took three years for them to stop asking me, right? Now, my mom, bless her heart, she was, she passed in February. And so my mom, my dad's now, you know, my only parent that's around. But um, they, I can't, I can't even, I do not think they even know what I do, Carl. Like, they can't grasp what I do. They don't get it. Like, I don't fit in this box. I don't have this nine to five, like, they get I own my business, but they have like no recollection of what I do. <laughs> so it's kind of like when you disrupt reality, you know, like how much are you actually willing to like not be in the box, like not have people define you, like not have them understand if you're choosing something else, right? And be okay with it all and not put yourself back in the box 
to have them be comfortable or to have you be okay with them, right? Do you know what I mean? So yeah, it takes, yeah. takes something. It does take something. And I, I think the two points that you just uh, mentioned, which I want to kind of highlight and uh, you know ask you a little bit more about that is one is you talked about something that pulls you towards a vision, like a bigger cause, if you will. And, you know, there are two ways I see, like, you know, when I look at my life or the people that I've uh, worked with in the past or people I've interviewed with successful people, you know, there are two approaches to life, right? It's one is that you set your goals and you kind of go for, go after it. And that's one way to go after it. But then what I've also noticed is a counterintuitive principle where some of these extraordinary successful people, if you will, they don't set goals and go after it. What they do instead is they have a vision that's so big that pulls them towards the vision. The vision itself pulls them towards the vision, you know. Uh, and it seems like what you're sharing is like having this big goal, this massive vision that in fact pulls you so you don't have to use your willpower every day to go after it. It's basically, you know, it's it's something that uh, creates a situation where the universe conspires for you. And that's great. And the second thing that you brought up was disrupting reality. And it's such a true statement because nobody uh, who are used to the nine to five jobs and, you know, the old fashioned way of thinking may not be comfortable with somebody stepping out of their comfort zone and starting their own business. So having to deal with that is definitely something that we all need to be aware of. So my question to you is, uh, so walk us through that journey. Okay, you said you wanted to start a business. How did mm. you go about it? Break us down those individual steps as to you know, how did you know okay, coaching was the business that you wanted to do or what, how did that unfold? Yeah, well, it's really great because, um, because when I work with people, I can, I can, I can sense the energy of where they would be most successful. I can sense the energy of something pulling them somewhere. Right. And you'll know what it is because you're already doing it. It's already lighting you up. It's already making you happy and people are asking for it. So when I learned how to coach and I became a coach and I became trained as a coach with uh, Landmark Education, I noticed that people were asking me for coaching all the time, like not just in the program. We would be out of a program, not just people who like I had done any programs with. Other people were asking. I wasn't facilitating them because I thought they needed it. They like I had people just coming to me over and over again asking for facilitation. Um, and then I had so I had one gal, one gal who, um, you know, the only transformational work that we knew together was the Landmark Forum, and and she was like, "Look, I'm looking for something bigger. I'm looking what, for what my purpose is, right?" And and we started. I sat down. I think I had maybe four sessions with her, and I just said, "Well, let's let's do this, and then let's do this, and." then let's do this. And, and I wasn't, I wasn't building a practice. I wasn't building a program. I didn't think I was going to go be a coach, but I just said, well, let's do this, this, and this. Right. And so we had these four conversations and I, I, I hadn't talked to her in a while. And I think I took one of my trips and I came back. And when I came back, I said, Hey, you know what? How was that conversation we had? And she said, that conversation was more, more impactful than the landmark form and the landmark form was the most impactful thing I've ever done. And I was like, Oh damn. Okay. Well, shoot. Uh, maybe I'm onto something here. Right. So it was, it wasn't like I went to go plan it. It was like, it was showing up in my arena. And what I was doing was becoming aware of where the energy was and the impact I was having right now. I started two businesses, um, right from the get go, one was around dating and relationships and the other one was about purpose, right? My, my life, my design was about purpose when I initially started it. So that's what I started doing. I started to craft this program where I would, I could facilitate people to find their purpose simply as I had done and, um, and walk them through this, this process, right? And merging their purpose in with making money because when your soul's lit up, you don't have to worry about that nine to five and being miserable when your soul's lit up and you love what you're doing. The sky's the limit with money. Right. Um, and so then I just, you know, I think it, I think it's funny because people talk a lot like, Oh, I don't want to be a salesperson or, Oh, I don't want to be this. And, and I coach people in money and business success and you know, the whole gamut. So I've heard all the conversations, but you know, being successful in your business is simply being able to provide a service that somebody's giving you money for it. That's it. 
Like you, you can say, oh, I need a business card. I need a website. I need that. Like you can say that, 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 that's what business is. And this is marketing. But if you can provide a service that people pay you money for, you have a business. And so it's basically like, you know, I think the first couple years were me learning how to ask for money, ask for what I was, what I was providing people, the transformation I was providing people and learning that entire, that entire thing. And it wasn't for me, it wasn't about let me build you know, this million dollar business from the get go, it was just learning that foundation, like those foundational pieces of um, honoring my worth, having me be in full alignment with what I was asking for, and having that come across with the transformation I was providing for people, and then just having the consistency to do it over and over and over again. No, that is uh, really great. And I think that one of the things I'm listening in your sharing here is one being that, you know, you didn't set out to be a coach, it was something that the market demand uh, was mm-hmm. such that they reached out to you and there you were like really in tune with what the universe was telling you and you could like see an opportunity which you grabbed and and I think that's really a very very important point because a lot of people end up starting businesses and they fail at it and part of the reason uh, is that you know they well, the two reasons that I see and I've noticed is one is that they focus on the money uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, money is never the end goal. It's really the byproduct of the service or the value that you provide. So focusing on the money is like you already uh, lost, uh, you know, halfway even before you started it. And the second thing is, uh, you know, it's like when you're able to solve a problem that people have, you're in business. And, and, you know, the more problems you solve for more people, you know, the more successful a business you have. And, and so this is very interesting. And I want to kind of like dig into the methodology that you use, which I've been looking at your website and, yeah. uh, and basically, uh, I know that you talk about mastering the five elements of creating yep. anything, which is align, clear, create, intuit, and trust. So walk us through those five steps, if you will. And, yeah. and, uh, how, Tell us, give us like, you know, how does a person go from, you know, with any challenge they might have and how do they create a life by design? Awesome. So, um, yeah, so these five elements have now facilitated my coaching practice for the last couple years. They've just kind of emerged. And the first one being clear. So, you know, clearing what it, when I say clear, what I mean is is like clearing what's there energetically for people. So we have everybody has what we could categorize as limiting beliefs or blocks, right? Like you want to be able to run a 10, you know, 10 miles there. And if you're not doing it, there's some block there for you and you can train. And then maybe there's a block to training or maybe you want a great physique, but you don't want to diet and eat right. And you don't want to exercise like, okay, well, what are the blocks limiting that? Or maybe you want a lot of money or, you know, whatever you can really take anything that you desire that you don't have right now. There is some energetic block. And so my goal is to go in and not only clear the energetic block, but to teach people how to clear energy in and of themselves. So that, so any, any coaching I do is about giving people the tools so that they don't have to keep giving me money all the time. Although if they do give me money all the time, I will happily receive it. And some people just think I'm that fabulous and they keep giving me money, but that's not the goal of my coaching. So the goal (laughs) of my coaching is to actually have people like, be able to do the work themselves and not rely on me because I want people to be empowered. So clearing energy, I've worked, so I've done work with Landmark Education. I have a spiritual teacher as well. And then I started doing, as of the last couple of years, I've been doing work with Access Consciousness. And Access Consciousness is phenomenal. Um, I use so many of their tools to clear and work with energy and sense energy. So that's the primary methodology that I use to clear energy. And the great thing is, is, um, you know, when, when I work with somebody, we'll get into the background and the root of where it comes from. Like, where does that energetic block come from? Right? If you think like, I'm not, you know, I'm never going to be rich, or I have to work really hard to make money. That's actually a block, right? If I have to work hard to make money, But there's like five other things over here that would be really easy for you to just receive money, but you think you have to work hard to make money. You will always have to work hard to make money. You will always be working 40, 60, 80 80 hours a week in order to make that money because you have it that you have to work hard to make money. So by clearing that block, we get to the root of it, wherever it comes from. It comes from society. It comes from your parents. It comes from your, like maybe your entire family. Like my husband is Jewish, like 
Jewish ancestry has a lot of anchoring and a lot of limiting beliefs that they they pass down from generation to generation, right? So generations have limiting beliefs. When we uproot that, it becomes so easy to move through the patterns that are left, right? Because you still may want to work 80 hours a week to make money, but the root's gone. So then I'm only dealing, then, then we're only having a conversation about like the patterning of it, right? So access consciousness work, I always send people to, it's really easy. It's called theclearingstatement.com. And it actually trains you and teaches you how to use the clearing statement to clear energy, right? Energetically, anything that shows up. And the great thing about this too is like, sometimes we don't have words for it, right? So you're like, gosh, I feel stuck energetically. I don't know what that is. And I can't get through it. But you know, it's there in your body, like you'll sense it, you'll feel it, it'll be maybe heavy or like you can't breathe. And all you have to do is use the clearing statement and it'll clear. Um, It sounds really funny when I say it. I'm more than happy to share it with you. It just sounds funny. Do you want me to share it with you? Yeah, please do. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay, good. Okay, good. So um, access consciousness, the clearing statement goes like this. It's good, bad, right, wrong, pod, pock, all nines, shorts, boys, and beyonds. It's like these nine things that you say. But if you look at it, anything that's locking in the energy to block us has to do with a point of view that we have that something's right or something's wrong, something's good or something's bad, right? And so if we look, the first the first four words in there, good, bad, right, wrong, is loosening up the point of view that whatever you're dealing with or the energy or the situation that we've locked it in is either good or bad or right or wrong, right? Now, pot and pock is the point of creation and the point of destruction, right? So we're actually going in energetically and we're uplifting it, Um to clear it out from its like the beginning and the end of it. So it dissipates and disappears. And so that's what this, this clearing statement.com will, will explain it like that. But if I was to clear energy for somebody, what I would say is like, let me see. So, uh, so we'll do a quick clearing. So anybody who's listening to this is going to get the clearing of this and it'll all be around money. Okay. So all of the judgments, points of views and conclusions that we have around needing to work harder to make more money, could we now destroy and uncreate all that times a godzillion? And then if you want to clear it, you just say yes. So do you want to clear that call? Sure, Maybe that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, great. So we say yes. And then I say good, bad, right, wrong, pod, pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. And I say it really fast because it's just long and I just want to get through it. But you can say it slow when you start, right? And this is like super easy. So I'll let, I'll let you in on a little secret. So I'm married. Sometimes my husband and I fight because, you know, we're not perfect. (laughs) And sometimes when we're fighting, that energy comes up in me, right? And I'll want to like, I'll want to explode or I want to react or there's something not in alignment with my energy because we're fighting, right? And I just use that clearing statement to dissipate the energy that's showing up for me. And so that's what I mean is like, you can kind of, you can clear blocks, you can clear the energy that's showing up that's out of alignment for you. And you can use it really anywhere. So like with my courses, what I'll do is I'll record my calls and then I'll pull out all the clearings that I, when I coach big groups, I'll pull out all these clearings. So if it's all around money, I have like money clearing loops. So people can just listen to the clearing loop over and over again. So they get the facilitation of the call in the context and then they get to listen to all the clearings on the side. So you can listen to them at night. You can listen to them after the call. Like, you know what I mean? It's just another way to facilitate people. But I find that it's the most... It's the most expansive and it moves energy and blocks with the most velocity that I've ever seen. So instead of talking about things a lot, we just clear the energy and move on. <laughs> that's, no, that's great. And then so here's a, here's a question for you. And I want to con- con- kind of continue with that path of creating sure. intuitive and trust. But uh, before we go any further, uh, most of my audience here are pr- pretty scientific and analytical uh, folks that's- like you know entrepreneurs and professionals working for Fortune 500 companies. I mean, it's very common for them to understand the fact that, okay, there's a blind spot, there's a point of view, there's a paradigm shift, you know, but, Mm -hmm. and and they can even probably go to an extent of, okay, affirmations is something that I can, okay, it's it's a positive statement that I can say to myself. So my, I'm in a positive state of mind. Mm -hmm. Now, when we kind of like take it a step deeper, where they talk about energy and energy clearance and all that, it kind of becomes a little out there. So what's your, uh, what's, how would you say to someone who's more, a little bit more scientific or a little bit more analytical uh, or business minded that energy is the source of everything, right? How would you, uh, explain that to someone? 
on that. Yeah, well, this is really great because my so my teacher, my spiritual teacher, Saima, that was the first time I ever interacted with anything about energy. And my husband actually did the, a program with her before I did it. Now, my husband is an a, like self-proclaimed atheist Jew who has like no relationship to energy whatsoever. Now, he did a program with her and he was like noticing everything going on and it, my husband's just real, which is what I love about him and what everybody else does. And so he, he says things that maybe other th- people think are inappropriate, but they're always appropriate. Now, when he was, um, when he was with the spiritual teacher, Simon, when he was there, he said, um, you know, I don't really, he's like, I don't, I don't believe in God. And she said, that's fine. You don't have to be, he, you don't have to believe in God. He goes, well, I don't even know if I believe in what you're doing. She said, look, I've never seen a bearded, ma- like a white bearded man riding along in a white fluffy cloud. She's like, but I will tell you this, like you see this flower and I just see energy. And so the way she described it is like, you are this tree and the, the things that you do to try to shift and change yourself are like cutting back the branches on the tree. Right. And so that's like the, I relate that to like all the personal growth and development trainings that I've done. She goes, but what I do is I go in and I uproot the, the pattern, like the thing, I uproot what you're dealing with energetically. So there's no root to the tree anymore. But and, and so then you're not dealing with all these little branches to try to interact with the energy of something, right? Now, that's the best way to describe it. And that, that really helped him understand it. And I think that helped me too, because it, here's the thing, like, and I call everything I do, like, it's very woo-woo call. It is not like, I, I don't, I have studies like, you know, access consciousness, share studies on things that have shifted in people's lives. And, and I work with my clients and I take them from, you know, making piddly amounts of money to more money for piddly amounts of success to more success, you know, like no relationship to the relationship with an amazing like partner. I take them through all of that. And I can't say like, oh, we followed this exact plan because everybody's different. But what I do know of how I did it was we had to, we have to clear energy. That's like the first thing we have to clear all the energetic blocks in order for them to receive what they really desire. So if you think like, if you just, for everybody who's listening on the phone and, you know, just think of yourself as the tree. And when we're trying to use mantras or positive thinking, right. Or we're like, trying to uncreate a brain pattern that's so set in stone, right? Because we just do it over and over and over again. It's, it's like if I told you, like, go get in your car and don't put your seatbelt on. You probably couldn't do it. Like, you've been doing it for so many years. We were trained when we were, like, four years old. You know, that's a lot of years. So, but if we uproot the energy of something, now there's this, like, it doesn't have the same charge to it. It doesn't have the same path. So then you can, you can move the patterns so much more easily, than if it's just you trying to use a new mantra or, or a new affirmation, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying like any of it is wrong, but I'm saying like, well, when we clear the energy, whether you believe it or not, because I have people who are like, I'm not sure about this. And I'm like, cool, well, you know, come play with me and, you know, you don't have to be sure about it. And then they leave and they experience something different in the world after working with me. And they're like, well, that seemed really and they can't find a word for it. So the best that we got is like magical, right? When you can't put the pieces together logically, right? Then it becomes something else. Yeah. And there is definitely something uh, here because, uh, you know, A, there are, you know, it's just a basic law of thermodynamics. Like, you know, energy cannot be created or destroyed, but it right. can be transferred from one point to another point. And, and the thing about this is, you know, we all know that there is a concept called sub you know, our programming because we get indoctrinated with beliefs and from our culture, from our environment, the people we hang out with and all that totally. kind of thing. And, and that impacts our performances for, I mean, there was a study done, uh, I think there was an Ivy League study done that said that, you know, you're on average uh, of the five people you hang out with. Yep. And, uh, and that's so true. So I think uh, for our audience who may not have all the beliefs about energy and healing and all that, it's definitely, uh, you may want to consider looking at it as the kind of subconscious programming or right. unwanted beliefs that's probably in the way. And this might be one modality that helps you heal that or at least not be a hindrance to right. pursuing whatever goals that you're uh, trying to achieve. So let's uh, let's move on to the next step, create and yeah. intuit and trust. So, okay, so the person's right. clear, then did a clearing. They've aligned, they asked a question, it seems like, whether I'm aligned with my higher self, and then they go on to the clearing session, and then what do they do? 
Well, so alignment is really like, are you in alignment with what you're desiring to create, right? So you're looking at, well, you're always in alignment with what you're receiving. So if you don't like what you're receiving, you're not in alignment with what you really desire, right? So if you're receiving, like, you know, if you're having a crap day and you keep having a crap day, you're aligned with a crap day. <laughs> like, that's just kind of like bottom line, right? So if you want to have an, an amazing day, we have to shift the, we have to shift where you're functioning from to then have an, a, an amazing day. So that's like the foundational principle, right? So if you're not making the money you, des- you desire, you're not aligned in the energy that it takes to actually have the money that you desire. Or if you're not having the success you desire or the clients or whatever that is, then you're, if you're not having that thing you desire, then you're not aligned in the thing. So we have to shift the alignment and have people, like I also do training just to have people become aware of where they're aligned. Right. Because I could t- I can sense it. I, I know where people aligned. I see it all day long, but they have to get it for themselves. It's not something that I'm like going to go tell somebody. I train people in finding that out for themselves, which we'll talk about for the intuiting. Right. So that's alignment. Um, and then when we go to create. So so most of the time what people do when they say create. And this is where I started my practice, by the way, is like, what do you want? And like, let's put it on paper and let's come up with a plan. Right. And that's like one way to create. What I started doing is looking at the energy of what people desire and looking at creating from an energetic standpoint. So that looks a little bit different. So what energies do you want to have in your life? And I, and I have people, I actually train them in finding out what their energetic priorities are and having them articulate what their energetic priorities are. So a lot of my, some of my energetic priorities are gratitude and ease and pampering and space and exuberance, quality and elegance, right? So when you start looking at what I, what I choose in my life and what I ask the universe for, those are the things I'm asking. And I create from that standpoint. So my business is all about joy of living and exuberance and quality and elegance, right? Like I'm infusing that into my business with my clients all the time. That's the kind of experience I want to give them. And so what shows up is the opportunity to create that right now. I actually take it one step further. So instead of me creating it, like me, my body, right, this person and my brain and my logic system, which by the way, is very limited. So instead of using that, I have people learn how to use universal energy and source energy to co-create with them. And this looks like using, it's called, it's a, it's the ask and receive principle. It's kind of like the law of attraction. So I'd assume that most of your people on the phone probably know what the law of attraction is, might have heard of the secret, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if a lot of people know exactly what the ask and receive principle is, but it literally is, is like asking the universe for what you desire and allowing the universe to bring it to you. And asking the questions in such a way they expand beyond what you can create. So if I'm asking the universe for like, hey, I want a million dollars, right? The universe may have this opportunity to give you $2 million, but you were just only asking for a million, so it can't give you that opportunity, right? So I train people in asking and, and, and doing that. And so inside of this principle of creation, I actually have named it like outcreating any creation you've ever created. And so that's what I teach people to do on an ongoing basis. So if you think about it, I take on new clients and I say, well, what what do you want to have happen in your life? Every area we're going to go through and I want to know what you want to have happen. And then it's not just about them having that happen. It's about training them to keep expanding the energy with every area of their life and asking the questions. So it expands, it expands, it expands, it expands. No, that's great. So it's really, uh, you're training them to be, uh, open to new possibilities that they, the conscious mind may not have even considered and mm-hmm. really tapping into the universal consciousness. No, that is so great. And it's one of the ways that uh, I've done it in the past, which I've found to be really, really effective is just, you know, having these affirmations, but at the end, mm-hmm. you know, adding just one simple statement that has been a game changer for me. And that is, you know, this or something even better, you know? Right. And, and and when I do that, it's just that I un- I totally unlock the powers of the universe to not only uh, help me achieve what what I want to achieve, but even more. And great, yeah, that's amazing. No, it's that's so great. And the other one that I've uh, started recently using, and uh, uh, this uh, this I believe I must have read it from one of the books by Shakti Gawain. I think she wrote the. Creative visualization, but essentially the statement goes something like this. No matter what your goal is, 
you know, like I'm now creating a wealthy lifestyle, let's say. And you could say like I'm now creating a particular lifestyle uh, in an easy and relaxed manner and a mm. healthy, in a healthy and positive way mm-hmm. in its own perfect time for the highest mm-hmm. good of all. And that basically sums up pretty much the ease and, you know, the play of achieving a goal. It doesn't have to be a struggle. And you're kind of like, you know, enjoying the journey along the summit and not just focus on the summit anymore. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's, that's something that's just been so freeing for me personally. And that's, that's so great that you mentioned that. So, uh, so what, what are the next steps? Yeah. So clear and line, create intuit. Okay. So in using your intuition to actually guide you in your really anything, I use it a lot in my business. Um, I could tell you some of the crazy things I do with my intuition. Like I'm hiring an assistant and I could tell you about that process, but your people would be like, Oh my God, she's out of her mind. <laughs> <laughs> but the easiest way to tap into your intuition is, and you don't have to be psychic. You don't have like everybody actually has psychic capacities, but you don't have to like see a vision. You don't have to hear a voice in your head. That's not, that's not actually your psychic, where your psychic capacities lie. Your psychic capacities lie in just your knowing, right? Like, you like if you start to trust that you know that you know you can start to tap into following your intuition anywhere okay and your intuition the easiest way to describe this is you know what's light and what's heavy right so something that's heavy is going to be a false for you something that's light is going to be a true for you so as you start asking questions like you know one of the questions i always have people tap into is like you know what would it take for me to make more money this month than i did last month or what would it take for me to make more money today than i did yesterday with to- like with total ease and velocity right well when you ask the question what would it take something's going to show up in your awareness about what it actually will take right either something that you've been unwilling to do a pattern that's getting in the way or an action to take, a purchase, person to reach out to. And the goal with the intuition is to not follow your logical mind. So the logical mind is going to go, it's going to deep dive into the process, right? Even if you're going to create something, or even when you, like the first time I work with clients, typically when I ask the question, like, what would it take to make more money this month than I did last month? All of a sudden, the brain goes into some logic system to make out the plan of what it would take. As mm. soon as our brain does that, the plan becomes limiting. As soon as we've grafted it out, because we're not in the wonderment, we're not in the ener- like in the energy of what the universe could actually provide, because we just told the universe how to do it. The plan is telling the universe how to do it, right? So the intuition is like guiding, like having people really learn how to use their like their navigation system, your own personal navigation system to follow the energy of what they desire and to ask the questions and then to, to follow that, which is actually going to serve them. And Kyle, I'll tell you crazy things show up with this. Like, you know, it may be like, Hmm, what's it going to take for me to make more money today than, than yesterday. And it may be like, you know what, go to the coffee shop and do some work. But at the coffee shop, I ended up talking to somebody who ended up being a new client. You got what I mean? Yeah, and you're like, totally, totally. You're like, well, shit. If it was like sit down and make <laughs> 20 phone calls, I would have missed out the opportunity at the coffee shop, right? Right. No, that's so the, that's great. That's that's really. I mean, what you're saying is, I mean, I like the. I think the two things that you said here was really brilliant. One was, you know, having your own GPS navigation system. So, like, let's say you're moving from going from Seattle to New York. You know, you don't need to like route out. I mean, of course, you need the map and all that stuff, but really. Uh, when you just follow the GPS directions, you can kind of like start uh, being present to the moment and then, you know, you're open to possibilities as it comes along. And uh, so now that's great. And the second thing is, as as you said, you know, sometimes we have to take detours and you don't know where that might go. But uh, and that could lead to even better opportunities that you may not have even considered. So I think that's great. Uh, and then uh, what was the last step? The last piece is really using your intuition. So that's, or or, I'm sorry, trusting, Mm. right? So trusting is one of these, these, this is like my life principle that I'm still learning. Uh, My husband and I got tattoos in Bali when we got married. I had it, I had it like it's in my tattoo, the word trust, because for me, this is like so pivotal. And I find with my clients, that's a big piece because we want to do everything instead of trusting that you you put that question out to the universe, like, 
you know, what would it take for me to make more than a million dollars this year, right? And trusting that you're following your intuition, trusting yourself that you're doing everything that it takes, trusting that the universe has your back, trusting that all of like, you know, because people want, what I noticed too is like human beings, we don't want to be um, uncomfortable, right? But trusting that whatever challenges are showing up are training us to be that person who would receive more than a million dollars, right? Like all of those things are working in perfect timing to give you the thing that you've been asking for. And then what we're doing is we're like, okay, well, I'll just go make my plan myself. I'll do it my way. And as soon as you do that, you cut out universal energy. So trusting is really like, it's like settling into being one, like in that space of oneness, right? In that space of total connectedness with everything that's happening. And when you settle into that, there's, you know, there's no worry or stress or strife. All of that dissipates when you can just really own that piece of trust. No, I think that's beautiful. I think it's really, uh, I think what I'm hearing you say is letting go and uh, trusting the process and surrendering to the, uh, the magic of the universe. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, and that's such an important thing. It's, uh, it's like, you know, letting go and having that belief that, uh, you know, as Einstein said, you know, the most important question that any human being can ask themselves is, is the universe working on your behalf or is it working against you? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the context that if you can start living by, I think that, that totally alters the destiny and the game of life. Uh, so I want to kind of like take a step back here, Tamara, uh, and I know that you, did you grow up in Florida? Is that uh, your hometown? I did. I did. I grew up in Florida. Yep. All right. That's so great. <laughs> Excellent. So let me ask you this. Uh, growing up, who were your mentors and were there any particular uh, people that uh, you looked up to and that you wanted to emulate or who were your role models that uh, inspired you? Yeah. You know, I grew up in a passive aggressive family and my aunt who married into my family was not that. She was very direct. She always said what was on her mind. She always asked for exactly what she wanted. And I remember, I just remember being a kid and being like, what would my aunt do? What would my aunt do? What would my aunt do? And so it was actually, it was my aunt that was married into our family who, you know, she's got the capacity to ruffle some feathers here and there. But I just noticed the directness was something that um, I just, I did, I didn't really know. It was like this cute little gem that I was getting present to. Mm, that's great. And now you mentioned that you've traveled to many places. You went to Costa Rica, Bali and all that. So what's your favorite place to travel after having been to so many different places? And what is it about this place that you uh, value so much? Yeah, Bali is still my favorite. I've been there twice. Um, my husband and I actually got married there. And when we were, when we got engaged, we said, where would we want to get married? And I said, Bali. And my husband hadn't been at the time. Um, his favorite spot was Costa Rica up until that point. And I said, you're, I said, you're just not going to believe it. Now when it's the people I am, I love the, my favorite thing about traveling is getting to know the people, like the culture, the, the people that you interact with. And when we got there, we were always taken care of always like, um, we went for five weeks. So one of my girlfriends who came for the wedding also traveled around with us and during our honeymoon. And I remember she like fell off her motorbike and then we were going up the hill and it started getting dark and she, she was worried. So we stopped on the side. We had two Balinese gentlemen come. They put her on the back of their bike. One of them took her bike so she didn't have to ride it because it wasn't working. And they guided us to exactly where our hotel was. And I was like, this, like, I don't think this would ever happen. I mean, this was a a 30-minute trip out of their way. They were not planning on going this direction. But they just take it as, like, that's what there is to do. And then for our wedding, you know, we had, we rented out these three beautiful houses. We got married right on the beach, like, overlooking the beach in this, um, what the Jews would call a chuppah, but it was actually, like, a... I I don't know, it just had like a little roof on it, right? And the morning of the wedding, there was like six people from the village who came to start decorating for typical traditional Balinese decorations. We didn't, I didn't tell anybody about the wedding. I mean, I told the guy who was taking care of the house, but it's just like what they do. They're like, well, you're getting married. So this is of course what we do. And I remember being, so we were just so taken care of it every point in the road. And this was my second trip there. So this, this is what I knew of Bali. This is what I knew of the Balinese people is like, they just want to be connected and take care of people. And so we went to leave and we had 12 people with us. So we said, well, you know, we really want to be generous and leave. 
leave this gentleman a tip. And we went, we got it, all of our money and we pulled it together and we had some, I don't know, like maybe $500 US dollars, which was a lot in Balinese money. And, and we went to give it to him and he said, no, 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 no. I'm, I, I didn't do this for any money. And we said, no, no, no well, we're not going to take it back. Like you're going to have it in some capacity. He said, well, I have a, um, he has a charity for the local, um, community there at the local village. He said, well, I'll just be giving it to them then. And we were like, great, splendid, whatever. And so there's just this ease of like their humanity and who they are and taking care of and everybody as family. I mean, I have like multiple stories about this trip. I mean, there was the, the world cup was going on and my husband wanted to watch a world cup game. And we were in this village that didn't have TVs. And he mentioned it to somebody and they said, come to our house. We have a TV, come watch the world cup. So they came to pick him up on a motorbike at like 4 a.m. in the morning, right? It was dark everywhere. Pick him up on the motorbike, take him to their little house, their open house, like had him sit in the living room and like fed him, you know, fried plantains and coffee while he got to watch the, the World Cup. Now I slept in, <laughs> nice. but, you know, the people are phenomenal. It's like one of my favorite places. And and if you ever go, get the hell out of Denpensar when you land. That Kuta Beach is crazy. That is not Bali. But get out of there and then go visit everybody else in that state. <laughs> well, definitely make a note of that. And it's, it's, it's yeah. really amazing that, uh, you know, the South A- uh, East Asian hospitality is just, uh, it's a world class, really. And uh, so my next question to you is, uh, what's your definition of success and how would you define greatness at this point in life? Uh, success for me is having like having your life go your way. That's success. So for me, my life is going my way right now, right? I work less than 20 hours. I make the money. I create the context for magic and my family. Like we have opportunities coming out our ears I'm growing my business and hiring new people on like that for me is like doing that with ease, getting to like be connected with my daughter and spend time with her and spend time with my husband. Like that's amazing. Cause I love quality time. That's my love language. So if I can do that with my family and make money and provide that is success. And I'll tell you this call. I, it wasn't anything I ever planned for, right? I created the life of my dreams like 10 years ago and it didn't have, I didn't create me as the breadwinner, but what I knew was when that opportunity came around and I said yes to it, I knew that like I used my intuition. I knew that was the thing that was going to have it all expand for us. Um, so that was the success. That's what I would define as success. And then was the second one greatness. Yes. You know, I think greatness is just consistently being stand like standing in that love energy. Mm. You know, I think, I don't think greatness has to be a, a particular monetary amount or, um, you know, out creating somebody else on this planet. Like when you're standing in love energy and you have gratitude for what you've created and, and, you know, contribution for what you're giving back and you can see it, even, even if you're like a stay at home mom, that can be greatness. You're like raising a child. I see so many stay at home moms. Right. And I'm like, I'm so floored. They, they do that all the time. You know, that's one of like the most prized jobs is, is influencing our children and, and raising our next generation. So I think greatness is really just standing in that capacity of love without judgment. And if more people did that, our planet would be altered for forever and for good. Uh, it's so great. I like what you said. Standing in, uh, having life go your own way is success and Greatness is about being, uh, standing in the love energy and, uh, and I totally agree about your comment about moms and, you know, they are the real, uh, heroes in my opinion because, you know, they raise families and, uh, I know they shape young minds and it's, it's just an amazing, uh, thing what you just said. Uh, well, any hobbies and interests are you still pursuing? I know you were an avid salsa dancer once upon a time. Are you still doing that? Uh, I love salsa dancing. <laughs> I think last time I came to San Diego, I had my friend Anil and we, I took my salsa shoes to San Diego and I went salsa dancing. So I still love salsa dancing. I love country dancing. I love any dancing in general. I just had a bunch of ladies over at my house. I may have a bunch of us go dancing. Um, surfing, I love that. So we were just on the East Coast. We did a South Carolina, North Carolina tour. So it's nice that we did that right before this weather's coming up for them. And um, so I went surfing there. I've been surfing in Bali, surfing all over the world. I love yoga. 
Um, so I do that once or twice a week. And then I'm just taking up running again. I, I think I hadn't run since before my daughter was born. So it's been a while. <laughs> so Brian and Susie and I, we, we took the baby jogger out and, you know, we started getting our, our run on today, which was running, walking, running, walking. We're doing the, you know, the bare minimum right now. <laughs> well, great, great. No, that's great. That's awesome. Uh, then we're going to move on to, uh, switch gears here and more to the next section. And this is, great. uh, this is the questions that we've gotten from our audience. I don't think we'll get through all of them in the interest of time, but we'll try to see as much as we can. So the first one I have for you is, uh, what, in your opinion, Tamara, stops people from achieving their fullest potential? Uh, the ju- their self-judgments and the judgments of other others. So their self-judgments, judgments of others. Mm. And then the next question is, uh, what is the book that you've read and reread or gifted it to uh, people over the years? Soul of Money by Lynn Twist. Mm, Soul of Money. I've read that book and I'll definitely include that in our show notes. And yeah. uh, that's great. Uh, the next question is, having worked with so many clients and having done coaching for so many years, having had your own ebb and flow of life and ups and downs, when you look at life now, having gained all these uh, wisdom through all these reading and workshops and seminars and traveling, what would you say is the biggest lesson or pearl of wisdom that you've learned about life in general that you would like to share with our audience? Uh, don't be too significant and serious about what's happening. I mean... We get locked into that all the time. My clients do too. And the joy is the juice. So find the things that you love. Go do those and everything else will follow. And if you're not doing something that you're like that fills you with joy, stop doing it. Mm, that's, that's so beautiful. Uh, the next question is, and uh, this is more of a, you know, like a, your summation of your, I mean, we could get into this. It'll probably take a long time to dig into this. But so what, what's your advice? For somebody who's entering the world of marriage and parenting, what what kind of advice would you give based on your own personal experience? Yeah, goal number one with parenting is to keep the the kid alive. Goal number two is to not get a divorce. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you got to go with the bare minimum because you're shaking up your whole reality with marriage and parenting both. And I think too, you know, so just set, set the bar low for yourself so you can just achieve the bare minimum. <laughs> but, you know, I, it was interesting. I was uh, I listened to a program that my spiritual teacher did some like 2000 in 2000, the year 2000. And uh, somebody asked, like, what's the point of relationship? And she said, it's the mirror of yourself. And I thought that was so key. I don't remember anything else on the CD. So that must have been the message I needed. Right. But like you choose relationships, mostly your stuff is going to come up and it's there to work on yourself. So if, you know, if the relationship easy is great, if the relationship is easy, great for you and good for you and, you know, yay. And if it's rocky, that's probably something to look at on yourself. So you know, keep your kid alive is the bare minimum and, you know, celebrate that you don't get a divorce in the first year <laughs> and then keep looking at whatever that is. Like what, are, what is the mirror imaging? And, you know, in this year, what I'm taking on for my husband is really like devotion and selfless service to both my kid and my husband, right? It's so easy to give that to our kid, but I think sometimes we miss that with our partners. So that's kind of like the next level in my relationship. I like that devotion and selfless service. That's beautiful. Uh, here's a hypothetical question for you, and this is, uh, let's say we have a time machine, Tamara, and we could go back in time, Yeah. and uh, let's say you talk to your young 20-year-old self. What advice would you give her? Don't climb that mountain, dude. Do not go up. It's You're going to fall, and it's not going to go well. So when you <laughs> see it, don't think you're a badass, because you're not a badass. Like, just stay at the base, go around, and don't climb up it. Um <laughs> Yeah. And then just, I think, I think I was really, I was really significant for a long time and success driven and it's not about that. Right. So I think that too, but really like, don't, don't climb that mountain, dude, seriously, not worth it. (laughs) All right. (laughs) And then we're going to move on to our next section. This is the rapid fire round. And this is in this section, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions for really fun questions. And it's the first response that comes to your mind. And uh, again, if you feel uh, a need to elaborate on it, feel free to do so. But again, this is the rapid fire round. So, Tamara, are you ready? Yes. All right. So the first question is, 
What rock star has impressed you? Oh, Taylor Swift. Hmm. The next question is, whose brain would you like to have had? Jesus. Hmm. The third question, what color describes you best? Yellow. Hmm. The next question, if God exists, can she be trusted? Fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this is another one. The five most important things in life. Oh, uh, for me or in general? Whatever way you want to answer it. Uh, Okay, so in general, um, people and humanity, the planet and our earth, loving one another, um, standing in your truth and start like owning yourself as an infinite being. Mm, I like that. That's really great. Uh, The next question is, how many brothers and sisters do you have? One half sister, one half brother. All right, cool. And then the final rapid fire round question is, if you could have any message of your choice on a billboard, what would that be? Oh, um... <laughs> Man, there were so many and I was like, oh. Um, what would it be? What would, what would I have on a billboard? Holy moly. Don't drop the soap. That seems so. <laughs> it would be something really funny, like to get people looking. Yeah, I think like you know, watch it when you're in the shower and don't drop the soap when other people are around. You know what I mean? That's yeah, dangerous. Yeah, totally. Actually, don't make it significant. Don't make it. Significant. Yeah, no, don't like make that. it significant, man. Come on, like, just don't drop the soap. <laughs> I like that. Okay, awesome. We're gonna wrap up the rapid fire round and we're gonna move on to the final section. So I just have three last questions for you. So the first cool. one is. Uh, what is your current personal or business passion project that you're working on and what are you looking forward to in the next uh, six months to a year? Cool. So the current current passion project. Um, so I'm starting to launch a, a program that's going to be accessible to a lot of people. Um, and so it'll be a larger group program. We're going to dive into these five key p- pieces, which is clear, align, create, intuit, and trust. And I'm really, really excited about this because this is like anybody's going to be able to do this program. So most people think that they have to have a lot of money to work with me and I'm going to make it super accessible to everybody. So I'm just really, really excited about that. And then I'll also be launching a, a large mastermind program. So I love traveling. Um, I'm, I'm getting ready in the next couple months. I'm taking a group to retreat in Costa Rica this year. And then next year I'm going to work on doing a mastermind program. We'll have two retreats, one in Spain and one in um, France. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. And then uh, how can people reach you? www.mylifemydesign.com. Okay. And are you on any of the social media like uh, Facebook and Twitter and all that? And Yeah. Yeah. So you can just Facebook. I love Facebook. I do Facebook lives. I think they're great. And it's Tamara Ross. You can look me up that way. I'm launching, like I'll be doing more on my business page, but that's the best way to reach me now. Okay, great. And we'll include all of that information on the show notes as well as uh, all the recommendations uh, Tamara talked about, like the soul of money and then access consciousness and the clearingstatement.com. And we'll include all of that as well. The next question is, what are three things you're grateful for in life today? Mm, My husband, my daughter, and the opportunity to like be born on this planet right now. So much fun. That's uh, beautiful. Uh, So I want to acknowledge you, Tamara, for a few things here. One is that it's an incredible journey, which is so inspirational for all of us here in the community and people who are listening to this podcast that, you know, you started your journey about soul searching almost uh, almost a decade and more than a decade ago. And, and what a wonderful journey that you've crafted for yourself. Mm-hmm. Literally, you have emulated the courses that the program that you teach out there, it's like living my life, my design. And putting into practice the same principles that you advocate and recommend, and it's so inspiring. And I just want to say that, you know, you have disrupted the reality of what is possible. You made the impossible possible for many people. And uh, and then really uh, living a life of joy, exuberance, and elegance. I think that's uh, that's what comes to mind when uh, when I hear your uh, sharing and uh, 
you know, everything that you're up to in life. Very uh, uh, inspiring and very uh, amazing that uh, what you're creating. So again, uh, I really appreciate uh, your sharing. And again, thank you for your uh, wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, stories that you shared with our audience tonight. And then uh, one final question. And this is how we wrap up all our interviews. And that is, why do you think people should listen to the wisdom of friends? Well, I think that everybody has some contribution and some gift on this planet. And this is your expression in how to contribute back to people. And people will hear the me- the message of change and empowerment in multitude of different ways. And this is one amazing aspect to be able to listen to people's stories and have one resource where you can hear everybody's stories about how you're being successful or how you're changing the world or what you can do differently. And it's, you know, everybody gets receives transformation a different way. And who's to say that this this story over here won't do it or that story over here won't do it. But you have multiple stories where people can do it and reach that that pinnacle. So um, that for me in and of itself seems like a really great reason for people to listen to Wisdom of Friends. No, it's so great. And thank you for sharing that. Again, uh, I appreciate your uh, time and authenticity and candid answers. I truly, truly valued our time together. And for those of us listening, with that, we'll wrap it up. And if you like what you heard, please share. Don't be shy. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Wisdom of Friends show with Cal Aras. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address, theglobalcontribution.com. To your friends and colleagues, be sure to check out our archive section on our website for previous episodes. This has been a Seven Symphonies production. Join us next time for another edition of the Wisdom of Friends.